Sonic, we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Come on over. And Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, January 17th, 2012. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, along with my tag team partner and co-host, David Gomez. Sir, how are you doing this evening? I am doing fabulous, sir. How are you? I thought you were going to tell me you feel like a giant. Well, I feel like the man, as it were, but, you know... That's neither here nor there, sir. What a weekend of football we had. We'll break it down for you, but before we do all that good stuff, folks, DG, the contact information. The contact information, as always, 714-364-4721. If you'd like to be a part of the show, once again, 714-364-4721. You can follow us on our website, which, of course, will lead us to to our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube, and all that other hotness. That would be puregoldpg.com, sir. Thank you, sir. And as we move closer and closer to my second favorite holiday of the year, which is Super Bowl Sunday, we had a great weekend of football, sir. We had, I'd say, maybe three out of the four great games, including your football giants upsetting the mighty Green Bay Packers, in Green Bay, mind you, 37-20. to 20. Sir. It was amazing. I tell you, I feel like a million bucks. I'm thrilled. I am ecstatic. Uh, Words can't express. That game was an absolute monster. The fact that the Giants dominated, and I mean dominated from start to finish, the final score was not even close to what the game really should have been, sir. And, you know, I know we're going to see fishing and all that, but truthfully, and truthfully, I say this with no fear of retribution or, or anything, any comment, this game could easily have been about 45 to nothing. Giants could have shut out the Packers. That's how terrible the Packers were, and that's how good the Giants were, sir. Well, I mean, it truly was. I mean, yes, the officials seemed like they were trying to get the Green Bay Packers kick-started, but let's face it, folks. Green Bay Packers came out rusty, flat, and, I, you know, I'm not going to say that – I'm not going to say – that because the offensive coordinator's son, which escapes my mind, passed away earlier in the week, had any influence on the game. But I do think that having a bye week and essentially not playing week 17, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play, a couple other key stars didn't play, sir, and it really showed. They came out looking so rusty and so bad, and the Giants were so professional about the way they beat the Packers. It was so impressive. Let me ask you this, Joe. Uh, do you agree with uh, the sports pope that the idea of, of um, what am I looking for here, that the idea of resting players is not a good one, that, they, that teams need to stop doing that? I mean, look at how terrible you mentioned. Look at how bad the Packers came out. Three weeks since Aaron Rodgers played a game. Did that hurt him, sir? Did that hurt this team? And should teams just decide to go all out the way that the uh, Patriots do? I think when you have injuries on a team, it's good to rest up and get ready for the playoffs. But I know, if, I know if you're guaranteed that one week off already, you've earned that one seed or two seed uh, in either conference. I, I don't know if resting your player week 17 and then having another week off is wise. And I mean, we've seen 
thing happen with the Patriots last year when the Jets knocked them out, and we saw it this year with the Packers. They, I we mean, also saw it, uh, not to cut you off, sir, but we also saw it with the Colts a few years back. I don't know if you remember when they were going for the perfect season, and then they finally lost, I think it was week 15 or so, or 14. Um, then they, they rested Payton, they rested their players, and they stunk it up, sir. They sure did. I mean, the, the, it's a it's a fine line. I mean, you could always second guess the coach for arresting your players, but when the team is operating at such a efficient, you know, they were they were so efficient this year. They were so like methodical in their offense this year, and this team did not look like a fifteen and one team against the Giants. They looked like an eight and eight team at best. I mean, their their offense was so erratic. Their defense they couldn't tackle the Giants. I thought the Giants. Really did a great job all around. Um, I, I can't say that um, the defense was, you know, dominant like it was against the Falcons, but it was good enough against the, the Packers, that's for sure. And, and Eli Manning once again stepped up, had a great game, and I just think that this team is on a roll right now. And you know, we'll see. We could talk about Championship Sunday a little bit later in the show, but sir, I mean, just looking at this game alone, I, I think you got to be happy. Coughlin is his job is secure. Uh, Eli's legacy and the New York Giants is secure, so you, you have a lot of good positives going in. Absolutely. Um, the truth of the matter is that this game showed you just how exciting, just how awesome, just how wonderful the Giants can be. It showed you the way the Giants play football, sir. It showed you that the last four weeks where the Giants have gone all in, sir, they have gone all in like you do with a poker game. Chips in. You know what to the wall? I mean, this is this is awesome football. The Giants who came off of the Schneid, I I had no confidence in them. I have to admit, um, and I think anybody who did have confidence in them was kind of nuts. But the Giants have confidence in themselves now when it matters the most. Sir, four weeks in a row they have won, four straight weeks uh, when it when it has counted the most. When everything was was uh, you know chips are down. I'm just thrilled to be a Giants fan. I'm thrilled that the Giants are in the NFC Championship game, and I do believe, sir. I I personally believe. The Giants will win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, that that's where I'm at now. So, I mean, I, I want to see them go into Candlestick Park. I want to see them lay the smack down on the 49ers, on your wife's favorite team. And I want to see my Giants march back into a rematch of Super Bowl 42 with the New England Patriots, sir. I mean, the, the, Eli Manning is, is out of this world right now. The fact that he went into Green Bay and he outplayed the great Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Double Down himself, that he outplayed... Aaron Rodgers, sir, I mean, it's unbelievable the way the Giants, the defense, the way that they are contained, the way that they contain Rodgers. I mean, yeah, Aaron was able to run around a bit, but he wasn't able to make any throws. The Giants were batting him down left and right, and, you know, they were putting some pressure in the second half. The Giants just played an amazing game, sir, and like you said, if it wasn't for the officiating, I mean, this would have been, this was a blowout. It would have been an absolute rout because the two touchdowns that the Packers scored were due to terrible, and I mean atrocious, officiating calls one worse than the other, and that alone puts you at six points, uh, you know, in that in that regard. And the fact of the matter is that those six points could have been avoided also. I mean, sir, the Giants could have literally, and I mean literally, shut them down to the point where that, that game, you know, easy turnaround, it could have been 45 to nothing easily, sir. You, you hit on so many good points, but I do want to say, sir, that we had, I mean, you mentioned about chips and all, and I'm going to let you plug this because, you did the job of getting this guest originally about a year ago. John Paul Gonzalez, you know, he was on our show first, Pure Gold, and he was uh, on this morning on Boomer and Carton this morning discussing 
his motivational speaking. He talked about the chips. So, sir, why don't you just plug that, plug our show from a year ago. What did John Paul Gonzalez have to say this morning? Well, folks, if you go to our website, you can check out our interview with John Paul Gonzalez that we did back in March of last year, and he was a great guest. John Paul was an NCAA basketball player, good guy, uh, you know, somebody I know personally. And basically, and I just found this out recently because, you know, you and I are so busy promoting pure gold and doing the pure gold thing that sometimes we kind of lose track with the, with the real world. Um, he, the, the two days before the Giants played the Jets, and I know this is heartbreaking for you, but on the 22nd uh, of December, he was brought in. The man who scouted him in, in NCAA was actually, uh, I forget the guy's name. I think it's George something. I, I can't remember at this point. But um, he brought him in to speak to the Giants and to kind of give them a, a speech, you know, a motivational speech, as it were. And he went in there and he talked about how as men you have to be all in. You have to be just like in poker. He gave every man a poker chip. He said to write down your number, uh, your initials, and then on the back of it, uh, write down your your uh, name or your your number or whatever's important to you, family, whatever the case is. And that you had to go all in as a team. That you as a team had to be together. You had to pull it out. You had to go 100% again all in. And this ended up being on rally towels. This ended up being on shirts. This ended up being all over the place, sir. And it goes to show you that you know that motivation. The next day, Justin Tuck came out and spoke about the all in speech. He said that the Giants had to be in it. It's like. Uh, you know, it, it, I tell you, sometimes you just hear something that really clicks, and it's clicked with the team because they have all gotten into it. Canty, Roll, Tuck, you know, uh, Booth, everybody you can think of loved it. They loved the speech. They were really inspired by it. And because of that that uh, that talk, that pep talk given by John Paul, the Giants went out beat the, the Jets, and they've been on a roll ever since, and they truly, sir, are all in. And as you mentioned, he was on the Boomer and Carton show this morning, and, uh, you know, you, you listened to it, sir, so I'll touch on that a bit. Yeah, I thought that, you know, he really, I mean, John Paul Gonzalez was a, a true professional on our show. They really joked around with him on Boomer Carton, but that's that's the typical show of Boomer Carton. It's more entertaining. But he did mention everything he did mention in terms of the chips, giving everyone a chip, putting their names on it, and then putting it, you know, putting it on the table, being all in. Just, you know, a symbolic term saying that we need to be all together, all in to win this championship. And I think that the Giants have basically had a playoff game every single week since Christmas Eve. I mean, they need to beat the Jets. They need to beat the Cowboys. And obviously, when they got in the playoffs, they need to win. So they've been on a roll ever since. And, I, I, you know, just like in 2007, um, there was a gentleman from the, retired from the Army that was, uh, I believe, crippled in that wheelchair. And they rallied around him. So now they're rallying around John Paul Gonzalez. I mean, this team really gets it. They're professional about it. They, they don't talk – I mean, they – they talk smack, but they're not like, you know, they back it up, which is, <laughs> if you're going to talk smack, you might as well back it up, and the Giants do that. And what I really am now enjoying, sir, is the fact that the NFC title game has the San Francisco 49ers, the best defense left in the NFL, versus your New York Giants, which means one of those two teams will be in the Super Bowl, which means our PG Pure Gold Remote from Whole Foods Market will have some meaning one way or the other. Either we'll have a lot of giant fans stopping and talking to us, or we'll have the person that runs this the, that fine establishment, Mr. <laughs> Pete Davey. <laughs> He's a San Francisco fan, so one way or the other, we will have a great show lined up for you on February fourth. Of course, and considering the fact that your wife is also a fan of the San oh, Francisco Forty ers I mean that that's a big thing, sir. So either way, we both have rooting interests here. Um, I, I think it's interesting that for the past three years. Uh, one of the New York teams has been in the championship game, so I'm hoping the Giants will do what the Jets were not able to. No, uh, no dig intended at you, sir. 
But I'm hoping the Giants can get the job done. And honestly, Joe, and I know this doesn't mean much considering how I flip-flopped on, you know, I mean, I'm honest. I'll tell you like it is how I see it, whether I end up being right or wrong. I'll just I'll just say it the way that DG sees it. And I didn't think the Giants had it in them. What I was watching when they were 6-2 and two and they coughed it up and ended up going 6-6 six and six and 6-7 six and seven and then ended up, you know, Pretty much, uh, the season ended up at eight and seven, but they could, they were in the, on the verge of having a losing season, sir. They were seven and seven. Giants could have easily ended up seven and nine, been out of the playoffs, playoffs, you know. But they were able to to get the job done, and I I, I didn't see what what I see now, sir. What this team is playing, that's not the same team that I saw before the Jets game. I mean, you know, let's be honest. The fact of the matter is that these playoffs have really uh, got playoffs. Who we'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Sir, I mean, the fact is, when you look at what the Packers did, sir, when you look at the disgraceful performance that they threw up, sir, that was embarrassing. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. (laughs) I mean, Jim Moore Jr., sir. He, he, he sums it up the best. They yeah. were terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible, Joe. You know, let's face it. I mean, when I saw the Packers' offense, I thought to myself, Oh, uh, is that all? Is that all? You know, and, and let's, I was going to say, let's face it. The, the Giants' offense was basically this. Bang, bang, bang. And you know, sir, when John Paul Gonzalez went to speak to the Giants, he basically told him this. Have some guts! Show some guts! Guts here! I mean, let's be honest. There was a complete and utter lack of guts. And, I mean, let me ask you, sir, your opinion, your unbiased opinion, since we all know you're not a Giants fan, in fact, you you hate the Giants. The only team you hate less than the Giants are the uh, the Packers, are uh, the Packers, the Patriots. So tell me, so your unbiased opinion? Are we looking at, at a repeat of '07? Um, you know, I I I get the feeling that it's not exactly like 2007, only because this team was, uh, you know, in 2007 I thought this team really was healthy throughout the whole year. I think that the Giants were not that healthy throughout the year. And I think that they're 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 catching fire when you're supposed to. It seems like nowadays, or now you know, with uh, with sports, if your team is getting hot at the right time, that's the best you know that's the best time to get into the playoffs and start winning games. So I think that the Giants are going to run into a team with the San Francisco 49ers that really doesn't make mistakes. I mean, you saw Aaron Rodgers throw some balls that were out of the reach of his receivers. You saw a lot of drop balls. Um, and that was not, you know, that's not what you're going to get with the 49ers. With the 49ers, you're going to get a balanced offense. You're going to get a good running game. And that's what I fear about for the Giants. I don't know if you heard, sir, but the weather is not going to be that good. But uh, they might need to know how to run the ball a little bit more with Jacobs and um, <laughs> Bradshaw. So if the if the San Francisco 49ers have the weather, you know, if the weather's inclement and they can't really throw the ball with Eli, you know, I think the Giants are in trouble, to be honest with you. They're playing in San Fran. Um, it's going to be a, not a hostile environment like it is playing in Baltimore, but it's going to be tough 
I think San Fran, as much as the Giants love the fact that the they, the Saints are out of the playoffs, I I think the 49ers are just happy that they're hosting the NFC title game. Yeah, definitely, sir. I, I can totally understand that. Um, you know, truthfully, regardless of what, though, you, you may say the Giants are going to be in trouble, sir. I, I can understand why you'd have that opinion, but I just think my team is, you know, they're on a roll, sir. They are all in, and I mean literally all in. And I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled that the Giants are, are just kicking butt. They're taking names. They're whooping you-know-what. They're taking names. They're breaking necks and cashing checks. I mean, they they, like, they got healthy at the most important time of the year. And, I mean, when you look at all the other games, you, you look at all the other scenarios and things, you know, you see Tebow got blown out. He got stomped by the by the Patriots, you know. I think the Patriots are coming for the G-men. Sir, that's the game that I want to see. Yeah, that's, the, that's the game I believe America wants to see, the Patriots in a, a rematch. Another loss. To the New York Giants, um, all all of America wants to see that. There, let's be honest. You know what's great is that you are one of the extreme fans. I must say for the Giants. I mean, you're a level-headed Mets fan for the most part, but you are an extremist when it comes to the Giants. I mean, midway through the season, the season's over. I give up on them, and now all of a sudden it's like I'm going to win the whole thing. I mean, there's no like in between with you, sir. There's no other way to live. I mean, let's be honest here. The truth of the matter is that if you look at what the Giants were, the slop. The absolute slop that the Giants are putting up in the middle of the season. I mean, come on. I don't care. Any any Giants fan can talk, talk, talk to talk. But let's be real. People need to admit the fact that they had no confidence in this team because I sure as heck had absolutely no confidence in the Giants because they were playing like, like bums. Sir, they were playing like a 9-7 team. They, right now they're playing like a 15-1 and team. They're not playing like a 9-7 team. And you know what? They they clicked on all cylinders at the right time, and they proved me wrong. Sir, I'll take that any day of the week. Like I said earlier to you, uh, you know, off the air, I was 1-3 with my picks, and the only game that matters to me is the one that I got right, sir, the NY, the G-Men, sir, the Big Blue Wrecking Crew. And I want to see the Giants do what they did in 07 and stomp them out. See, the, the, I, I just think that you're... I really think that you think yeah. – this is funny. This might be a Joe Beism. I really think that you think that I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be a pushover now that you beat the Packers. That's how I think well, you feel. Well, no, I, I don't think they're going to be a pushover, sir. And I mean, we talked about this last week. The one team you really didn't want to face was the Saints in their own building, and the Giants were able to avoid that. But I do believe that the that I do believe the 49ers are beatable. You know, I mean, they had a great year, 13-3, and no doubt. Alex Smith, all that other hotness, Vernon Davis – Good team, great team, great defense. They're beatable, Joe. They're every you know, any given Sunday anybody can win, yada yada yada, yakety schmackety. But the fact is that the, the 49ers are, are the team that scares you the least in terms of, you know, the, the the options that the Giants had to face. Come on, sir. They went through the fifteen and one Packers and they kicked them in the guts, they DDT'd them, they power bombed them straight to hell, and here we are, sir, standing on the verge of another Giants Super Bowl appearance. And I tell you, I can't be anywhere thrilled. I mean, I'll tell you this much. If the Giants do lose, you're going to hear me on Tuesday slopping it up like nobody's business. But you know what? I mean, thank goodness next Tuesday we have two wrestling guests right before the Royal Rumble. So that'll take my mind off the Giants if they lose because I tell you what, you better watch out. I might just be walking into oncoming traffic on Tuesday, sir. Yeah, I mean, let's not go that far. I mean, we're going to definitely um, talk about that, but... Before we dissect Giants and Niners, oh, I got some information on them. I mean, I got some... Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I got some scouting reports on both teams. Before we get to that, though, 
the the game, if you're not a Giant fan, I'll be honest with you, I, I enjoyed all four games. Not so much the Denver Patriot game because it was a blowout, but that the San Fran versus – yeah, that San, that San Fran game against the Saints was phenomenal. From start to finish, I thought the game was great. Although, you know, if you're a Saints fan, you had five turnovers, you deserve to lose. But the game Obviously, was great. And, and what's great what's great about San Francisco is that it seems like every decade, I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a certain catch that's that's related to this team. I mean, I mean, back in the 80s, you had Joe Montana to Dwight Clark. In the 90s, you had Steve Young to Terrell Owens. And then this, you know, just this past Saturday, you had Alex Smith to Vernon Davis. I mean, what's with the catch? This is, they're calling this one the catch three, you know, Roman numeral three. So it was a great game from start to finish. And what Alex Smith showed was that, Drew Brees is the man, but I could come back against that defense. Yep, sir. I mean, the playoffs, this is the time of the year where, where men are made, where the boys have to take a seat. And you know what? It goes to show you, like, people always say that stats are great, but you don't win a football game with stats. You don't win a baseball game with stats. The numbers, you know, yeah, sometimes they'll, they'll pan out, but when it comes to the playoffs. The playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? When it comes to the playoffs, there's no doubt that anything can happen. And you just got to have confidence. You got to believe in yourself, which is why I have confidence in my football team that they can get the job done, sir. But you're right. If you're San Francisco, if you're the Giants, you got to think that you have a legitimate shot at winning it all. Any four, any of the four teams out there can win it all. As a matter of fact, I tell you what, I think the, I think the team that's got the most uh, of an uphill battle would probably be the Ravens. But uh, the four teams, sir, legitimately, you could see any team winning. I mean, I could see a Giants-Ravens rematch from the 2000 Super Bowl. I could see a Giants-Patriots rematch from the 2007 Super Bowl. I mean, just there's a myriad of possibilities, sir, an absolute myriad. Yep, and as confident as the Giants are going into this Sunday's game, Sunday night's game at 630, I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to be just as confident, especially after knocking off the Patri- um, the Saints. Um, the one thing that you know you must say is that Drew Brees is uh, a great quarterback. His defense let him down, but you know again with five turnovers, I, I, I'm surprised the Saints were in the game. But those those last five minutes were classic. I mean, back and forth, back and forth. It was just a great playoff game to watch. It was just great, obviously, to see the Niners win because I have some you know fans that um, I'm related to, so you know it's good oh, to see that. But but you know <laughs> yeah, Sunday I think night. You're really we, yeah, Sunday night. Let's make let's make our predictions now since we have some time, um, and we broke down the NFC. We could talk about the AFC on the other side of our guest um, when we get past that. Um, go first. San Francisco versus the Giants, six thirty for the NFC title game. What do you, give me a key to the victory? What do the Giants need to do to beat the Forty ers And give me a final prediction. What the Giants need to do, sir, they need to have their like you said, they need the the uh, running game to click. They need Eli to play the way he's playing. They need Cruz and Knicks to continue to catch the ball because that's what killed the Packers is the drop passes. If they had caught some passes, it definitely would have been a different game. I still think the Giants win, you know, not not including the help from the referees, but that was that was a big thing, sir. That was an absolute big thing, dropping the passes. Um, but aside from that, I think that Eli needs to play the way that he's played pretty much all year. The, uh, Tuck, O.C., and, of course, my man, John Pierre-Paul. JPP, he needs to get the job done. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, I'm thinking of John Paul Gonzalez, forgive me. But Jason Pierre-Paul needs to, needs to, uh, they need to knock Alex Smith on his hindquarters 
They need to try to take them down. I think the Giants' defense can play with the with the Niners. Yeah, the Niners have the best defense in the league. But I think look, look at it. So they gave up how many points uh, to the Saints? About 35. So the fact is that 35 or 32. I forget. The fact is that they can be scored against, and the Giants just need to play the type of game that has brought them to the dancer. They need to lay the smackdown to Chinatown and get it done, sir. 32 points that the, the um, Saints scored against them. So the fact is the Giants can put up some numbers against them, sir. I believe it'll be a close game, but I believe the Giants will pull it out 35 to, well, let's say 27. All right. There's your pick by DG for Championship Sunday for the NFC title. And um, I will say that, Depending on the weather, I really think that weather might be affected in this game if it's going to be rain, raining and windy. I think whoever runs the ball the best is going to really, you know, obviously win the game because you don't want to be thrown into that wind or in that rain. Um, the Giants are not built to to run the ball as their, you know, their strength. They're, they usually have a great passing game with Eli Manning and those great wide receivers. So if if weather is um, you know inclement, I'm going to favor the San Francisco 49ers, especially with Frank Gore that could really run the ball. Um, special teams are going to be a big issue here. I think that the 49ers have both the better punter and probably the better kicker in terms of field goals and just field position as a punter. So um, I think the game is going to be close. That. I think the game is going to be close either way. Um, I, I think it could come down to the last four or five minutes. That's cliche, obviously, in the playoffs. But I think that I'll pick the Niners pulling it out because of their defense, because of the inclement weather. I think it's going to be 24-21. But, again, it could go either way. I'm just saying that since DG picked his Giants, I'll pick the Niners for my own personal reasons. And, you know, I really think that it's going to be a great game to watch. It starts at 630, you know, Sunday night. I mean, what could you you ask for better than that, than an NFC title game between the the hot New York Giants against a a great team like the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, sir, and it's a classic football rivalry. The, the Giants have played the, you know, they've gotten blown out. They've blown them out. They've had some amazing games back with Montana, you know, back when he was in the saddle and everything in the 80s and even in the 90s, sir. I mean, the Giants have what it takes. I believe that they will win, and I believe that, you know, the inclement matter, I don't think it'll be that big of a, that, as big of a factor as you make it out to seem. I mean, in 07, the Giants were able to go into nasty Green Bay, into nasty Lambeau Field, and lay the smackdown on the Packers, and I believe they can get it done anywhere, sir. I mean, I, you look at the Saints, and I don't think the Saints can really, you know, win as it were outside as much as uh, let's say the Giants can. They were a totally different team on the road, but I think the Giants can can do it, sir. They're used to winning on the road. It's all they do all day, every day. They're better on the road than they are at home, so I'm uh, picking the Giants definitely, sir. I, I think that if, if I'm going to say why, like, looking before the game starts – if I said the Giants lost that game, I think the Giants, the only reason why they would have lost the game Sunday night is because they've created, they have they turned the ball over more than the San Francisco 49ers. If Eli Manning has a performance unlike he's had the last couple of weeks where he's, he throws two or three picks, I think they're in trouble. I think San Fran does not turn the ball over. If you look at the turnover ratio, it's a big factor. They were number two or number three in the whole NFL. So if, if Eli throws a couple of picks – and they get to Eli. I mean, this all, this defensive line is almost as good as the Giants' defensive line. I'm not going to say it's as good as the defensive line as the Giants, but it's almost as good as them. If they get to Eli, man, put some pressure, and Eli has to throw the ball before he wants to, I think they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. So that's you know that's why I would say the Giants have a, a shot of losing. And I think that the 49ers, if they lose, it's just because the you know they were just out hustled. In every facet, because let's face it, the Giants are so professional about the way they beat you. They, um, 
the, their offense is, is just as good. I, I think you have to say now, sir, it's as good as the Saints' offense, not as good as the Packers' offense, because the Packers' offense showed that it wasn't that good in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they they're, did a terrible job, sir. It, it's All I can say is the Packers didn't show up. At three weeks for Aaron Rodgers hurt. I think I think the time off hurt them. There's no doubt about that. So I know we're gonna get into our, uh, we're gonna get into the next game afterwards, after our guest. But uh, truthfully, sir, I think this is the game to watch. I do believe that, sir, that it will be a better game than the uh, than the Patriots and the Ravens. I can tell you that much. Do you think that the Giants? I mean, do you think their game plan is gonna change at all if the weather is different? Like, do you think that Eli's still gonna throw the ball as much as he throws it if the weather's bad? I think he might throw it a little bit less, but I do think, sir, that he is going to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to pass the ball 15 times. You know, I think he's going to he's gonna do what he has to. He's going to try to pass. He's going to try to make plays, and that's the type of guy Eli is, sir. I really don't think the inclement weather is going to affect him, as as uh, you seem to think, sir. I mean, yeah, if, if it's just drizzling, you're right, it's not going to be. But early reports say it's supposed to be, like, a, ter- a potential downpour um, and just windy. I just... Don't know if that's going to favor a running. I mean, it's not going to favor a passing game that the Giants have. That's all I'm saying. And I, you know, obviously the Niners, their offense is not as great as the the, the Giants, but they're, they're at home. They're they're at home and they're they're playing in front of their crowd. So I, you know, another thing that Eli has to watch too, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, is that you know when the crowd is that loud, you got to watch those false starts. Every penalty counts. I mean, if you're playing first and fifteen, second and fifteen. Those are not makeable first downs against a team like the 49ers. Their defense is really solid. Unlike, did you know, you're going to be shocked if you don't know this one, sir. Did you know that the Packers had the worst defense in the league this year? Um, no, I did not know. <laughs> they were they were ranked number 32 in the league this year, which is unbelievable. That tells you how good their offense was throughout the regular season. Wow, that's amazing, sir. I mean, their offense was, was insane, and ultimately... You know, defense and pitching win in baseball, and you know, defense does win. You need an offense. Defense and a good quarterback will uh, will win in the NFL, sir. Yeah, if this was wrestling, I mean, the mm-hmm. Giants were asking for that belt. They should have found that belt on the the Green Bay Packers sideline. They should have took that belt. <laughs> I agree, sir. And what's interesting is that you know they're talking about the Texans and the Ravens. Uh, the Texans obviously did not get the job done, but they were saying if Matt Schaub was playing, you know, I remember our, one of our guests, Thor Ramsey, absolutely detested. Matt Schaub to the point where, you know, he was just like ranting and raving about it. But, um, you know, truthfully, he got the job, you know, he he wasn't there. He couldn't get the job done. And, you know, it it is what it is, sir. But, you know, we're going to have to uh, pause the football talk for a moment because we are joined by our guest for this evening. Uh, You know, we're very proud and privileged to be joined by actress Megan Tandy, who also happens to be Miss California was Miss California in 2007. Megan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing hey, Megan. awesome. Doing awesome. You know, this is David and Joe here at Pure Gold. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, you can comment on this uh, in a second. I actually was watching your show right before you came on the air, and I think it's interesting that, you know, we had you on tonight on a Tuesday at this point. And, uh, you know, Jane by Design, which is the show you're starring in on ABC Family, is actually on right before. So the fans could check that out and then listen to the interview. But, uh, you know, Megan, we really, really appreciate you coming on and obviously giving us some time. We know you're busy with all your projects and things. So uh, let me ask you first, before we get into uh, your show, what exactly is it that got you into acting in the first place? Because I'm fascinated by the fact that you, you know, four years ago, five years ago, 
five years, you were Miss California, and here you are now as an actress. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Um, you know, I've just always wanted to do this. Like, this is not – acting is not something that just, you know, came up out of nowhere or anything. Like, I've always known since I was a little girl that this is just what I want to do. I, I don't know what it is. I've just always loved playing pretend and – um, there's just something about film and television that just really, really, really gets me. And so at a young age, I mean, probably like, I don't know, five or six, like I would always watch TV and film with my parents, and it was just something about it that just grabbed me, and I just always wanted to do it. So here I am. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's awesome because, you know, there's so many different so many different answers, obviously, so many different reasons that people get into acting and, you know, whatever it is in life, whatever their dream is. Now, you've been in, in quite a few projects, and, you know, you've guest starred on, on many shows because I looked up your uh, all your credentials and stuff on IMDb just to just to make sure. Um, now, I would say, other than what you're doing now, your most notable work would have to be Unstoppable uh, with Denzel Washington and, of course, uh, Jane by Design. But can you tell us what was it like to work with uh, Denzel on Unstoppable? You know, it was so much fun. I, I only got to work with him for one day. If, if, if you watch the, sh the movie, you can actually see at the very, very end, that's when it all kind of comes together. But even in that one day, the man is awesome. I mean, you can learn so much just watching him on set. He was honestly just so, so friendly. I just remember sitting there in the freezing cold in Pennsylvania, and he came over and he tapped my shoulder and he's like, you're my daughter, aren't you? And I was like, wait, what? Then down, I, had, you know, I had to remember that, you know, daughter in the movie. It was crazy. But he was just so much fun to work with. And he and Rosario Dawson, Chris Pine, um, they, everyone was just amazing. I had so much fun on that set. Wow, that that's really awesome because I mean uh, I know Joe would agree, but Denzel is one of the greatest actors ever. He's definitely yeah, one of the greatest amazing. actors of one of the greatest actors of his generation, and I just everything he does is good. I honestly can't think of a bad movie that he's ever done, and that's just me. I'm sure out of the hundreds he's done, maybe there's one in there, but he's just been <laughs> such a such an amazing you know influence for so many different actors. Now, me personally. When I saw Unstoppable, I really liked the movie, um, you know, and I always tend to play amateur film critic, and we talk about stuff here on this show, because we talk <laughs> about everything, not just not just movies and the sports, but, you know, we cover it all. Now, um, y y it seems like, you know, you were introduced in the movie up until, if I remember correctly, somewhere like in the midway point. Now, me as a fan, I felt like that really wasn't as effective as it could have been in terms of setting up the conflict of you and your sister with your father, you know, being Denzel, the character that he plays. Uh, you know him being in danger and you kind of like not knowing what's going on. You have any thoughts on on, on that specifically, and and maybe if that could have been done a little differently? Because I felt like Chris Pine's conflict with his, you know, the, his I guess baby mom or girlfriend, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and the daughter, that was throughout the whole film. But you and your sister, quote unquote, were kind of introduced like a little bit later. Well, you know, I actually personally kind of think, you know, considering what the story was and how they wanted to go, I actually thought they did fine because. Um, I know as stupid as it may sound, I think I came on around maybe like 28 minutes into the movie because, you know, I just got it down like that. But Of course, you know, of course. <laughs> they actually, I thought they did it really well because before he even starts getting into all of, like, the craziness with the train and everything with Chris Pine, he actually makes a phone call to his daughters checking in because he forgot my sister's um, birthday in the in the story. Right. So. I thought they did all right because they gave me, you know, my little scene in the beginning, just me and him on the phone. I thought it was okay. I mean, of course, of course, they could do more screen time, but you know. <laughs> exactly. That's the issue. That that was my issue with it. There was enough Megan Tandy in the movie. That let, let's be honest. 
You know what? I kind of agree with you on that. I think they just should have <laughs> had me in the whole movie, maybe even on the train. You never know. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I like the way you Megan. think. <laughs> Since you got it going on, you might as well just plug Jane by design while you're at it. Why don't you tell us about oh, yeah. the character that you play? You know, I, I get to tell the story of Lulu on Jane by Design, and I'm basically just the arch nemesis of Jane, who's played by Erica Dasher, and she's the main character on the show. And um, the really cool thing about it is I'm not just the mean girl. Um, I'm actually, um, like I said, there's a girl, Jane. She has a best friend. His name is Billy, and we've got a little secret going on um, up until this episode, apparently, but me and her best friend actually have a secret relationship going on. So right. it's fun because I get to be the mean girl. I get to be kind of crazy, do my little thing. But as the um, series progresses, you know, there's just a little bit more going on with my character. And I think people will enjoy seeing that. What's the um, experience so far showing you? I'm sorry, say that again? I'm saying what's, what's the experience so far has shown to you? Is it that you could be diverse and, and play oh, different roles? absolutely. Yeah, that's what's just so fun about it, especially um, – being Lulu, I, I got to tell you, it's hilarious because I literally am the exact opposite of my character. I'm actually, there were girls like Lulu who would pick on me when I was growing up in school. So it's kind of weird <laughs> to kind of, you know, play the opposite. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So it's like I hate myself, but it's like I'm just playing pretend, you know. But right. it's been great. It's been so much fun. I mean, lately, a lot of the um, roles that I've been playing have been a lot younger because I guess, you know, I just look kind of young or something. Um, so I haven't really done anything older, but um, it's been fun. I just, I love playing pretend. I don't care what script they put on my lap. It's just so much fun. It's a job that I've always wanted to do, and I'm having so much fun. It's great. Wow. Well, tell us, right? Give us the Pure Gold exclusive, Megan. Uh, what do you prefer and why? Do you prefer working on the set of a big movie or working on the set of a weekly show? Oh, my goodness. That is such a good question. Um, <laughs> I thought oh, of it. Oh, man. That's such a good question. You know what? Uh, I can honestly say I like them both. Um, wow. But if I had to choose one, oh, I can't even, I can't choose. I really honestly can't choose because it's great to come on every single week, whereas with film, you know, it's just kind of like one thing, you know, in the movie theaters you go and you see it and that's it. But, right. oh, my goodness, I don't know. I, I do want to win an Oscar, so maybe I'll just keep doing some more movies. We'll see. <laughs> I like well, the photo, you, Let me ask you, what's easier uh, schedule-wise, the show or doing the movie? Oh, probably doing a movie, I would say. Um, and that could just come because I don't have – I haven't had any, like, huge, huge parts, like a Denzel Washington part in the film. So I'm not really sure exactly what it's like to – you know, work every single day for 12 hours on a set. But um, I would definitely say probably just a movie because, you know, you go in there, you do your scenes, you might come in like another day or two, do your scene, that's it. Whereas on a series, you know, we're there for three, four months and you're coming in every week because we have a new script for each um, episode. So schedule-wise, probably a movie, but they're both fun. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's some good stuff. I actually thought you were going to say the uh... – I actually were gonna say the opposite because I mean again somebody somebody who's not in the business uh, you know stuff that you read it seems like the movie schedule would be so grueling because you're there for like months on end and you're like stranded on a desert wow. island but again mm-hmm. I guess that depends on on your role and you know maybe yeah. when you're starring in, in starring in films instead of co-starring you know when your name is in the uh, you know the marquee yeah. then you can tell us a, a different story but uh, now yeah. let me ask you this 
something that that is interesting to me. What when you look at a script, what jumps out at you as far as something you definitely want to do or don't want to do? Like what drew you to the things that you've done so far, or what has steered you away from doing certain things? Um, you mean like what, basically like what kind of scripts I mostly like, like that I want to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what? I would absolutely love to get into a really, really fun action film. I love action movies and I love horror films as well, so I wouldn't mind doing, you know, either of those two. Um, I, the only thing that's just really drawn me to the, um, to the roles that I have done is I have a really, really good team behind me, and they basically just, with, within my personality and the things that I can do, they just basically just find the different roles that they feel um, I could portray the best. And so just kind of based on what they know about me, they, that's how I basically have gone in and gotten the jobs that I have now. Wow, wow. That's that's some, some interesting stuff. Now, has there been anything you've steered clear from or any type of movies you haven't or films or, or uh, shows scripts you've gotten that you really haven't wanted to do? Like, has anything jumped out at you like, oh, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this, or I don't feel comfortable doing this? You know what, the only thing so far that's been like an absolutely like no is any scripts where I have to get butt naked and, you know, <laughs> nudity, they want me to do this and that, but yet that's probably the only thing that I've just been like, okay, next script, or if they really, really want me to do it, like, you know, be in the movie, we just you know, try to negotiate, you know, the nudity out, and if they right, that, right. I, I have not done those roles. So <laughs> that's been the only thing that's just kind of like, ah, when I see it, I'm like, no, 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 no. Have you, have you been, let me ask you this, have you been able, like, let's say, and you don't have to name it or anything, but have you had a, a role like that where the script said that and you negotiated the nudity out of it, or you just totally avoided that whole thing? Um, there was one particular script where, um, yeah, they said something about, oh, you got to do the whole frontal thing, and I just was not comfortable with that, and I said, no, I don't want to do that. And so um, at that point, my agent then, you know, spoke to who she needed to speak to, and they said, you know what, she's just not doing that. You know, maybe right, you can, right. you know, do it with, like, the shirt on or something. And sometimes if they really, really want that in the film, and if they're just, like, not budging, well, then I won't be doing it. So, um, oh, wow. But there never really That's has good. been a situation where I, I gave in or anything. I just, yeah, yeah gotta, I'm not really comfortable with that right now. Got to stick to your guns. That's good. Yeah. You know, yeah, what, I mean, who wants, who wants to see my butt nakedness all over the place anyway, so. <laughs> well, no comment on, we can't comment on that because it's a family, it's a PG show, so we can't go there. Yeah, but exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was about to raise my hand, but I'll put my hand down now. Um, so, Megan. <laughs> You, I mean, you also you also won the Miss California USA in 2007, and that's you know it's clearly obvious, definitely maybe easy to see why. So, uh, which do you prefer, <laughs> acting or modeling? Oh, I prefer acting hands down because with acting, you know, I can just I I can just you know be myself. Like I, it's more authentic. Like with modeling, you know, they want you to be you know, like a size two, you know, you can't have any pimples, your hair's got to be this and that. At least with acting, you know, they can take me as my, you know, regular physical self, and all I can do is just, you know, change who I'm acting like. I just, you know, they give me a role, whereas with modeling, you know, they have, you have to be like this perfect little thing, and I mean, I'm not perfect. I like to eat ice cream and, you know, cheeseburgers and such, so <laughs> I just like That's doing great. acting. It's so much better. Cool. And do you, I mean... Without your agent listening to us, hopefully she's not listening to us right now, but do you have any <laughs> upcoming projects 
that you can share with us? <laughs> um, I actually, it's so funny. Um, you guys will probably like this. Um, there's actually the sequel to the very, very first Piranha that's coming out. Um, actually, within the next couple of months, it's my very, very first horror film. Um, it's going to okay. be hitting um, theaters any time now. It's supposed to come out Thanksgiving weekend, but they needed to add a few things and change a few things. So um, it's going to be coming out this spring, and I actually get to do my very, very first stunt in it. So I actually ended up cutting my foot doing my first stunt. So, but oh, wow. it's good though. I'm I'm just really, really excited, and you know, it's it's a comedy horror film, so you're not just sitting there scared the whole time. You actually can like laugh and giggle, and it's good. That's well, Joe good. can't watch this kind of movies because he, he has to close his eyes throughout the whole thing. So, you know, I don't think Joe would be going to see Piranha. But <laughs> yeah, right. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Megan, I'll be there. I'll be watching. I mean, yeah. Dave, I mean, you're talking, a guy, you're talking about a guy that watched 127 hours. I mean, if you ever saw that movie, uh, you could oh, definitely right. watch the movie. So That's right. brutal. <laughs> I couldn't even do that one. So see my part. Right. <laughs> then leave. Then we can leave after she's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's so funny. That's what sometimes, like, my aunt, my aunts will actually tease me about. They're like, okay, as soon as you're gone or as soon as you die in the movie, we're leaving. So, yeah, you can just do that if you want. <laughs> nice. How can uh, our Pure Gold fans um, keep up with your career, Megan? Um, You know what? I've actually, I'm kind of really getting into Twitter now. So, I mean, they can definitely follow me on Twitter and um, it's so funny, too. I'm on um, IMDb, so if they wanted to see the things that I've got going on, you can always click on there. Sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's not. Sometimes they'll put things on there that I'm not even a part of. But um, basically, <laughs> really? Twitter, just hop on Twitter. Yeah. I'm actually on it right now. I'm on it right now. It says Megan should win the Oscar for her upcoming movie. Is that accurate? You know what? That That is definitely accurate. You know, you guys are I I know it. I, I love it. I love it. You guys are awesome. Um, now, you said that there's stuff on IMDb that you haven't done. Really? Because I looked it up, and I'm Actually, like, wow, she's done a lot of stuff. Well, everything on there is accurate except the secret circle. I have no idea how that got on there. I was wondering. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that's not something that I'd be interested in anyway. But I was going to ask you, like, what the, you know, what the heck is that? I thought you were going to talk about it. But I think it has you oh, listed yeah. for, like, 12 episodes or something. Like, you were in this whole series that apparently you no. don't know anything about. No, yeah, I really don't. The only series that I'm on is Jane by Design. And probably what happened is maybe I look like another actress or maybe we have the same <laughs> kind of spelling in our name. I'm telling you, I don't know how it got on there. It's just hilarious because I've actually been getting, like, a lot of fans tweeting me, asking me, you know, what's it like being on Secret <laughs> Circle and this and that? And I'm like, I'm on Jane it's by great. the way. I don't know anything about this Secret Circle. <laughs> you should just be like, so. wow, it's the best. It's it's my f- second favorite show, of course. Oh, now, um, <laughs> now the uh, Jane by Design, tell the fans, uh, you know, so they can follow it when it airs. I know I, I touched on it briefly before, but tell, tell us about that. Yes, every Tuesday on ABC Family. you got to check your local listings, but it is supposed to come on at 9 o'clock. And I always tell people it just kind of depends on what box you have because out here on the West Coast, like my, my brother can see it at 7 o'clock, my aunt watches it at 8 o'clock. It just kind of depends, but it is supposed to be 9, 9 p.m. on ABC Family. Wow. Every Definitely Tuesday. some good stuff. Definitely some good stuff. And, of course, we're on every Tuesday, so I know Joe and I will be watching it to see what's up with you, with your character, see what you're doing yeah. now that you're a your PG fan favorite. But listen, Megan, you know, we definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule. Uh, of course, uh, you know, you over there in California on the uh, on the left coast, you know, 
probably dinner time or something. So thanks so much for for giving us a few minutes, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future when uh, you know Secret Circle or whatever whatever your next project is. <laughs> right, yeah. When my Secret Circle debut comes, yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on your station. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Uh, you too. Bye bye. Bye, folks. That was Megan Tandy, actress extraordinaire, or as she likes to say, a storyteller. Joe, you gotta admit that was uh, that was quite the spot there. That sure was. I mean, being out of California, you know that she'll be rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, you know what? We should have asked her about that. <laughs> Let me get her agent on. You know, get Megan to call back in real quick. We uh, we we need her back. But uh, you know, that was that was some good stuff, sir. And uh, of course, she joins the Annals, the Pure Gold Annals, our first female actress, and only the second actor extraordinaire after Mr. Anthony Tyler Quinn, who you know, who is definitely feeling Jersey-licious, sir. It was definitely you know a good break. We talked about the NFC to start the show. We had our guest Megan on. For the last uh, 20, 25 minutes. And now, sir, let's just end the show and break down the AFC title. We have the New England Patriots basically taking apart the Denver Broncos on Saturday night. And, you know, I, I, I'm i not one of those Tebow-like bashers. I'm not a Tebow believer either. I just think he's a, he's a decent quarterback. He needs to obviously learn how to throw the ball better. He needs to be – he knows he needs to know how to read the defense a lot more. He needs a lot of work. He had a great year this year. He led the team to a division, 8-8. Eight and eight. They won the division, and they won a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is quite impressive. So he had a good year, but the Patriots in New England, I think they had something to prove after losing the last two years at home, sir, as the number one seed. This time they were professional. They they just went and whipped the, the Broncos 45-10. to 10. It wasn't even a contest. I shut the game off at the half. And I just knew that the Patriots were going to win that game. Yeah, it was uh, it was not good, sir. It was it was embarrassing. Pretty, it was pretty much an embarrassing um, slop fest. And you know, I feel bad. I you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of Tebow, big supporter. Uh, and you know, truthfully, uh, it is what it is. You know, it, the, I guess the, things ran out. It wasn't meant to be. The Patriots went out there. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking the way that the fans ripped on Tebow because of his uh, religious beliefs and whatnot. I mean, people need to just calm down. You know, he may not be as talented as other quarterbacks, uh, but he did as much as he could with the talent that he was given by God, and he had the platform. He used it. So definitely happy for him. I'm glad that he was able to parlay that into some success. And as far as I know, uh, John Elway has come out. Uh, and said that he's going to be started for next year. So, you know, we'll see where that goes and really wish him all the success in the world. But, yes, sir, you know, we're, we're here we are with the Ravens and the uh, the Patriots. Uh, you know, the, the Broncos couldn't get the job done. So tell us a bit about the AFC Championship game, sir. Who do you pick and why? Let's not go there yet. I just want to bring up two more points before we get there. Oh, of course, um, of course. As I'm reading an article about the Celtics uh, headed for being headed for rebuilding, uh, you're over here talking about football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I want to just mention that it's it's hard if you're the Denver Broncos to say, like, we're going to need another quarterback because what Tebow has done, sir, is make a brand out of his own name. And he's very popular. He's His jersey is the number one selling jersey in the NFL currently. So how can you not bring a guy like him? He's like a rock star, you know. Everyone loves him. He, I mean, well, it, let's, let's put it this way. You either love him or you hate him. So he's like John Cena. There's nothing really in between. So there's no reason why – the Broncos, if he's a money maker, why you wouldn't try to make him fit as your quarterback for next year? So 
the I think he could get better. I mean, the guy's only it's his only second year. Let's face it. I mean, Wait, what, what is the point? The point is you got to give this guy another shot just for the fact that he he won the team a division. He won a playoff game. I mean, that is a lot for a Tim Tebow type quarterback that really doesn't have the tools quite yet, but he can get the tools. I think he's a fast learner. I think he's going to be all right. He's not going to be um He's not going to be Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, even Eli Manning, but I think he's going to be a decent quarterback. That team is pretty good to finish eight and eight and win a division. I mean, and then beat the, the Steelers. That's really good. The other game, sir, was the Houston Texans versus the Baltimore Ravens, and there was just one play in the beginning of this game that set the tone, and I knew that the Houston Texans were going to be in for a long day, even though even though the score was close which really puts doubt in my mind that the Ravens are not going to get even close to being the Patriots this Sunday. But there was a muffed punt where the the Houston Texan had no business touching the ball. It basically bounced once. He went to go grab it, which he didn't have to do. He went to go grab it, touched his helmet first, and he fumbled it. Ravens recovered the ball at the three-yard line, scored a touchdown, and all the momentum that the Houston Texans had, Texans had from last week is all gone. The Ravens jump on it, score a touchdown, up 7-3, and I knew at that point that the Ravens would just be in control of the game, and they pretty much were throughout the whole game. You know, Matt Schaub, the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, has been injured, so they had T.J. Yates, a rookie quarterback, in there. And let's face it, he wasn't able to do anything against that Raven defense. And now you have a, a championship game, sir, between the, the number one seed New England Patriots against the number two seed Baltimore Ravens. The way I see this game, and I'll let you chime in after this, is that the Patriots are on a mission now. I think that they got past their first game in the playoffs, and now they're just going to put a whipping on the Baltimore Ravens. I don't see the Ravens being able to score more than 20, 21 points against the uh, against the against the Pats. And I think that Tom Brady is going to light up the Ravens' defense at home. I think you're looking at a you're probably looking at a 35 to 14 type game, and I don't think it's even that close. I think the Patriots are going to win the AFC title. Obviously, because it's the AFC title game, and uh, I think they're they're ready for redemption. If they're if it's the Giants, mm-hmm. I bet they're licking their chops because it's going to be a shootout. If the San Francisco 49ers, it's you know a different Super Bowl. But sir, I think that there's no chance. I wish I had that clip. There's no chance that the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the New England Patriots this week. I sadly I agree with you. I I think that you're right. I do believe that the Patriots are going to win. I'm picking the Ravens just because I have to pick opposite of you. But yes, right. sir, you're no if ands or buts about it. I don't even. I, I don't. I agree. I don't see this as being close. I think that the Patriots are on a mission, and I think their mission is going to come to a grinding halt of the Super Bowl once again. But uh, you're right. I mean, I can't dispute with anything you said. I, I think you're you you nailed the you nailed that on the head, sir. You nailed right on the head. You wouldn't want redemption from the year 2000. You wouldn't want the Ravens to win so that the Giants would play the Ravens for a rematch from the year 2000? I want the Ravens to win because I think the Ravens are an easier win. Uh, I think it's an easier <laughs> game, and I think the Giants will stomp them. That's the only reason I'd want the Ravens to win. Yeah, you get your redemption. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> that's the only reason I'm hoping that the uh, the Ravens win so the Giants can, can stomp them out instead of stomping out the, the Patriots. All right. So for Championship Sunday, pure goal picks, I will have the San Francisco 49ers over the Giants, and I pick the Patriots over the Ravens which means you'll have the two-seeded in the NFC Conference versus the number one seed in the AFC, the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. DG goes with the number four seed Giants over the San Francisco 49ers, and he picks the Ravens because he likes to be different against me over the New England Patriots. So 
We'll see who wins. We'll break it that down next Tuesday. But with about four or five minutes to go, it's only apropos that we mention, because next week we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble, is that we're slowly approaching one of our favorite pay-per-views. But to me, sir, this pay-per-view has... It has some sizzle, but it doesn't have the type of sizzle that I want to watch and buy this pay-per-view. I kind of agree with that. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about it next week in depth with Josh Eisenberg of WrestleZone.com. And, of course, we have, we're going to be joined by Rain, a professional women's wrestler. Her name is Rain. She is a WSU, that's right, Women's Superstars Uncensored, where we had Alicia, who, the wonderful Alicia who joined us quite a while back. And, uh, you know, Rain is one of her competitors there. And she was also Miss Peyton Banks over on TNA, so we're going to have a wrestling-heavy show on Tuesday. But you're right, it's got a little less sizzle than I would have liked. But um, there's no doubt, sir, that uh, you know it's a pay-per-view. It's one of the big four, so it definitely has to be one of those pay-per-views that at least you can try to, to get into. You can try to look after. You can try to you know see what you can do with that, sir. But uh, I do believe that. Um, yeah, I think it'll, it'll be surprising. It'll be better than we think. Uh, you know, last year, Alberto Del Rio won. My wife and I were watching it. We, we were pretty into that. So I'm um, thinking Chris Jericho is going to win this year, but we'll kind of see about that, sir. And speaking of Chris Jericho, uh, just real quickly, before I get into one thing that I have to mention tonight, um, he he was tagged in yesterday. He made this whole big thing, hyped up, six-man tag. He was pumped up. They tagged him in. He went around the ring, did his whole thing that he does, and then he tagged Daniel Bryan and walked right out. The heel turn is getting more and more blatant every week. I'm hoping next week he'll come out and do the welcome to Raw is Jericho and then walk out and not speak until after the Royal Rumble. So, you know, I mean, this thing is going to have to end soon because you can't have this going for months. But I'm definitely looking forward to that, sir. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you touched on the one thing that I noticed about Raw was that whole Jericho thing. And, you know, as you said, the weeks and weeks go by and he doesn't say a thing. And he walked out on the face, uh, those faces – it was faces versus heels in the main event, and he walked out on the faces. So it's just, you're right, it's leading to a heel turn, and we'll see where that goes. We'll definitely dive into more wrestling next week with our guest and uh, breaking down the Royal Rumble. But, sir, what's your one nugget as we end the show? The one nugget, sir, and I've debated this, and this is not a gossip show. This is not a show where we like to rip past guests. But, sir, I have got to take one past guest to task, and I think you know who that is. I am talking about the one and only Sal Licata, the absolute phony, the absolute clown that is Sal Licata. Sir, he was on this show. We had him on. We, you know, we were pumped up. Former producer Mike and the Mad Dog. We were excited. Uh, hit Sal up on Facebook. He came on the show. We both thought he was a great guest. Probably one of our best interviews. One of the ones that we finished after after that interview. We talked uh, off the air. You know, production meetings. We were pumped up, but sir, this guy is a clown, and I I gotta rip him. I he made the comment, sir. He made the comment on Twitter, which last I checked, this is a free country. Communism has not started in America yet. This man went on and he said that the Packers are garbage. Now I'm sorry, Sal. Last I checked, you're a Falcons fan. So don't tell me that any team is garbage when your team, your garbage football team, scored two points. They did not even show up against the New York Giants. Don't you dare tell me that the Packers are garbage. No, your team is garbage. The team that you root for is garbage. So what does he do, sir? He gets upset with me, and I could tell right off the bat he was he was being nasty. I, I didn't think it was going to end up where it did. 
said, but he said, you know, what does that have to do with anything? The Packers, the, the Falcons lost, get over it. Yeah, that's the point. So how are you going to sit here and tell me that another team is garbage when your team is a joke? They didn't even show up in the playoffs. You were going on and on for the whole week. Oh, the New York media, they're not taking the Falcons seriously. The Falcons this, the Falcons that. The Falcons suck, and so do their fans. The fact of the matter is that I, as a fan, have a right to call anybody. I'll call it the sports pope. I'll call it Chris Russo. It doesn't matter. So Sal responds. Then I say, well, Sal, hello, you're a Falcons fan. Duh. I mean, you know, I, I think it's kind of – I didn't use the word phony, but I said something to the effect of I think it's kind of bogus that you're calling out the Packers when your team didn't even show up. Then he goes, are you really that dumb? And then I'm like, all right, this 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 guy's getting out of hand a little bit. So I said, you know, I tried to tell him, you know, sounds just kidding, just messing with you, you know, whatever, but – you know, let's chill out. And then, I, you know, I made the comment about uh, the whole, you know, Falcons. And, and he goes, you're a moron. Now you're a blocked moron. Now, giving him the time of day, I guess it's – I probably shouldn't be doing that, sir, but I had to get it off my chest to the pure gold audience. What kind of a guy, what kind of a, of a buffoon is this guy to sit here and call me a moron, to call me dumb, to insult me on Twitter because I called him out on something that is legitimate? He was the one who told us that you have to be unbiased as a, as a football, what, you know, as a sports commentator, because when you get into things, and I've quoted him on this before when, to other guests, when you get into sports, you can't really root for your team because you have to cover everybody, right or wrong, right. And for him to get upset, I didn't insult him. I didn't call him an idiot, a loser, a jerk, anything. I didn't insult him in any way, shape, or form. For him to call me a moron, for him to call me dumb, for him to go nuts on me and block me, actually block me like a five-year-old tool, like a five, my seven-year-old nephew wouldn't do that. This guy, who's supposed to be an adult, is sitting here. He's childish. He is thin-skinned about simple criticism. And somebody like that does not belong in sports talk radio. I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, something I read about him and why he was let go from the Mike and the Mad Dog, or uh, I guess the Mike Francesca show at that point, why he was let go, which to me shows the type of person that he really is. You know, he was a great guest, but he is obviously not a great guy. Joe? I mean, Sal Licata, all I have to say is... There's no reason to be unprofessional like you were to DG, to call him dumb, to call him whatever, like DG said. He has every right to have his opinion, and in fact, he was actually right. You make us all sick, Sal. Unprofessional. Bad job. You get an F- from me. Uh, Sir, I literally, I sat there stunned, and I called you. I was stunned at the development. I'm thinking, this guy was a guest on our show. We treated him with nothing but respect, and he's going to do this to me? He's going to do this to me? I don't think so, Sal. I don't think so. But, sir, what can I say? Sal showed just who he is, and, you know, it is what it is. But speaking of, uh, you know, the end of the show, we're at that point. Enough talking about this guy. He won't be mentioned on this show ever again. Speaking of somebody who we would love to mention on this show again, we'd like to thank our wonderful guest this evening, the talented Megan Tandy, actress, or as she likes to say, storyteller, also formerly Miss California, USA, 2007. She was a wonderful guest, sir. Got to admit, one of my favorites. I know I say this to all my guests, but our guest, she was definitely one of my favorite interviews up to this point. Definitely better than the interview with the bald stooge that we had on before. But, uh, you know, we really appreciate her coming on, and hopefully we can have her on again when she does her, her next great project, sir. Yeah, great job uh, all around. Uh, we really did a good job, I think, tonight, breaking down the NFL playoffs. We'll see 
what happens on Championship Sunday. And thanks again, Megan, for coming on. It was truly a pleasure. Of course, it was PG all day, every day. And folks, remember, for JB, this is DG of PG, reminding you to no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter where you go, you always have to keep it PG. And remember to tune in next Tuesday. We'll be on at 9 p.m. to accommodate our guests. We're going to have Rain from WSU, formerly Peyton Banks of TNA, and we're going to have Josh Eisenberg, the Eisenberger himself, from WrestleZone.com. Woo! What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. Good night, everyone.